So heading into the weekend, South African markets seem to be ignoring most of the political noise. Is there anything interesting in store for the next week, though? Um, Sakina, yes. Thankfully, they are choosing to ignore these politicians because it does get a little bit tiring, I think, for everybody. Um, but, uh, you know, turning back to the facts, and we're looking at some productive data that's due through the week ahead. Um, and there specifically, we're going to be looking at the productive sectors uh, of, of South Africa's economy being uh, mining and manufacturing. Um, these are the engine to, to the South African economy, if you like. Um, I, I know that consumption makes up the bulk of South Africa's GDP, but really this is, this is the sector that makes so many things sustainable or not. So to the degree that there's been some improvement in um, sentiment and, and that there's been uh, a buoyant commodity price environment through the course of the past um, six to 12 months, uh, is, is all generally positive and bodes well. Um, the RAND, unfortunately, does detract a little bit from the, the RAND-related returns that uh, the mining companies, for example, would be able to put out. But uh, nonetheless, it, it's, uh, we, we're hopeful that there will be some, something in the way of moderately positive news that comes out of these productive sectors uh, through the week ahead, because we really do need uh, a stronger productive sector. Uh, unfortunately, at that have been neglected uh, through the course of the past uh, few years. We don't believe that policy has been, uh, been constructive enough uh, to assist these sectors. And uh, let's hope under Mr. Ramaphosa we get, uh, we get a more cohesive and, and more powerful uh, approach to, to the productive sectors of South Africa's economy. And then uh, just looking at what's happening in the United States, President Donald Trump. So he's gone ahead and he's pressed ahead and implemented the tariff increases of 25% on steel, 10% on aluminium. uh, And it's drawn wide criticism, uh, George. But there's also a lot of hypocrisy around this, isn't there? Um, Sakina, there actually is. You know, and I think... The way that that a lot of countries have responded to to the um, uh, to the, the the tariff increases has been to condemn them, but yet you go and have a look at at uh, the EU, for example, and the EU is particularly bad, uh, and, and you find that they've got tariffs imposed all over the place. Now, the way that they're responding, you'd swear that these the, this was this was a, a union that didn't have any tariffs at all, and yet they do. So it, it feels a little to me like the pot calling the kettle black. Now, you know, the, the EU uh, turns around and, and, and will explain it away by saying, now, well, they have the tariffs there to protect from anti-dumping. Well, you know, Donald Trump actually has used those exact same words. He's turned around and he said, well, he's trying to protect America from uh, the, the dumping that's taking place by Chinese uh, mining firms and, and et cetera. So... I think we need to to just look at this with a healthy dose of perspective. I'm I'm not a fan of of tariffs at all. I'm really not a fan of tariffs. But there, there needs to be uh, some sort of a level playing field. And and at the moment, um, in in a weird sort of way, I can I can almost sympathise with what with what Trump is trying to do. Although I think there's there's better ways of doing it. Uh, I think he's trying to force an issue. And I believe that going down this route probably will force the issue. And he seems, as I said yesterday, he seems to adopt um, a very um, aggressive, belligerent uh, approach to his negotiations in the hope that uh, he he can force some sort of a change and and move the needle more towards uh, the U.S.'s direction than if he had just gone, you know, taken a softly, softly approach.
Well, um, uh, just also ch- taking a look at uh, what's happening uh, with the rate hikes and the talk around that. Yesterday, the European Central Bank, they left rates unchanged. Today, the Bank of Japan did the same, George. These are two major, uh, major central banks uh, that are seemingly far from hiking. Yeah, so so the ECB, and I, and I think that's an important point because uh, the, the the I, I think America is in a very different movie to uh, to both Europe and Japan. Uh, America's got an economy that uh, has got the potential to overheat if they're not too careful. Uh, they've run such loose monetary policy for so long that there are now rising fears that inflation is going to start taking hold in in the second half of this year. And so they are going to be hiking rates. I I would expect at least three this year, maybe one or two next year. Um, It's it's going to be a fairly bold stance by uh, the Fed. Also bear in mind that uh, the tax break effect is still yet to come through that economy. And so it it could very well heat it up a little bit more. But by contrast, the ECB hasn't shown any hurry to to hike interest rates. Uh, the Bank of Japan hasn't either. Um, so it poses uh, an interesting, um, an interesting uh, outlook for, for traders that are, are, are looking to position themselves, whether it be in the U.S. or, or Europe or Japan, as to exactly how to play this. Um, for South Africa, it probably means that uh, the carry trade uh, remains intact. Uh, it means that uh, risk on environments, which are, are very good for stock markets and commodity prices, remain intact for a little while longer. And it, it, ultimately, it might even mean that uh, the RAND uh, proves to be a lot more resilient than, than people had anticipated.